Luke 8, 1 through 15. Soon afterward, he went through cities and villages, proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God. And the 12 were with him, and also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out, and Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's household manager, and Susanna, and many others who provided for them out of their means. And when a great crowd was gathering, and people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable, A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell on the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it, and some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away, because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. And he said these things and called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others, They are in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But these have no root. They believe for a while, and in time of testing, fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. As for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart, and bear fruit with patience. One pastor describes a season in his life where he was incredibly busy, appointments and just heavy needs in the church, and so it started to creep out into his home life, and he got very short with his wife and very short with his children. He got very snappy in his remarks, and and the whole household was in this, sucked into this hurried up lifestyle. And he describes uh, the day that his, and the evening when his daughter had something she wanted to share with him, something special that had happened that day. And she said, she said, daddy, I have something to tell you from the day, I'll tell you really quickly. And he immediately sensed the frustration in her. And so he replied, he said, oh, honey, you you don't have to tell me quickly. You don't have to tell me fast. Say it slowly. And then he said, I'll never forget what she said. She said, then, daddy, can you listen slowly? You know, we don't listen very well. And yet this parable that Jesus teaches is all about hearing, hearing him, listening to him. He says right in the middle of the parable in verse eight, 
he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, why is it so important that we hear? I think there's two reasons that flow out of this parable. Number one, you'll note that this is a parable about the kingdom of God. Verse one gives us the context of what Jesus is saying. He says, soon afterward, he went on through cities and villages proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God. So Jesus is with his disciples, with his followers, and he's literally going from city to city, town to town, proclaiming the kingdom of God. Now, this is important, what we learn here. Jesus didn't just come to bring forgiveness of sins. Yes, he brings forgiveness of sins, but that's just the beginning. Jesus brings the kingdom of God. And what does that mean? It means that he brings the power of God in heaven into this world to heal every form of spiritual, physical, and emotional brokenness. That it's comprehensive, that it's all-consuming, that Jesus brings this not only into the world, but as we learn in this parable, to you. The word of God is the seed, the kingdom of God being brought into the soil, which is your heart. We're gonna see this. He brings it to you. So first of all, that's why it's important to hear because this is a message, an announcement that has the power to change everything about your life. Comprehensively, whole scale, utter transformation. And so Jesus says, listen. Now, second, Second reason why it's important to listen, look at verse 10. Right before he's about to explain the parable, he says, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. Now, what are the secrets of the kingdom? The kingdom that Jesus brings, the kingdom of God and the way it comes to this earth is is unusual. And it's very different than any earthly kingdom moves forward. If if the parable were told in the terms of earthly kingdoms that come by force and coercion, that's how an earthly kingdom moves forward. The parable would be something like this. A massive boulder falls out of the sky and, and crushes the land and changes everything, brings external change. It, 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 it crushes everything. That, that's how earthly kingdoms work. And yet Jesus is saying here, listen, listen carefully. The kingdom of God is like a seed that falls quietly to the ground and goes into the soil and transforms the soil. It doesn't just come and crush the soil. It actually goes down into the soil and it brings transformation. And so the kingdom of God comes by hearing. It comes by hearing and it moves forward by hearing and by listening. And so Jesus says, because of that, You need to listen. Consider John the Baptist. You remember John the Baptist. He's the one that announced Jesus coming. He said, the Lamb of God is here to take away the sins of the world. Well, by the end of John the Baptist's life, he's in prison. And he sends a messenger to Jesus to ask, Jesus, are you really the one? You know, the one I announced a while back, you know, three years ago, but now he's in prison going, are are you the one? Now, why the doubt from John the Baptist? Was it a failure of nerves? No, he was a courageous man. I mean, he's in prison for his faith. 
No, it was a failure of understanding. It was a failure of hearing. You see, John's confused. He's saying, listen, if I'm a servant of the king and I'm in prison, then why isn't a boulder coming down and smashing open this prison and letting me go free? Or if, if you're suffering in any situation, it's why doesn't, if I'm a servant of the king, a child of the king, why doesn't a boulder come down and remove, crush this suffering that I'm in? Or let me ask another question that I, I, I hear through the years. If Jesus were real, then why wouldn't he come down right in the middle of the Rio Olympic Games in front of national TV with the whole world watching and do a miracle? Then I would believe and everybody would believe. And Jesus says, that's not how my kingdom works. My kingdom comes as a seed that falls quietly to the ground. It's invisible. It, it appears weak. It comes with a strange message that is hardly a message to change the world, that a king comes and is tortured and murdered. He said, my kingdom comes by hearing. And so he tells this parable to see if you have really heard, to see if you're really listening, because there's a lot of people that think they've heard that haven't really heard. And that's what Jesus is addressing here. In fact, a chapter later in Luke 9, a man comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, I'll follow you wherever you go. That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? If, if you experienced that, you'd say, great. <laughs> Pray the salvation prayer, get baptized, conversion, wonderful. We've added somebody to the kingdom. And you say, well, that's probably what Jesus said, right? Great, love that you wanna follow me. No, he says, it's really strange. He says, foxes have holes. Birds have nests, and the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. He, he just puts them off. You're saying, Jesus, what are you doing? Has everything to do with hearing and understanding. You see, what he was really asking that man was, do you, do you really want to enter my kingdom? Or are you asking me to enter your kingdom and serve you? See, the kingdom comes by hearing, and so be careful how you hear. Now, what are the dangers of not hearing? Jesus is gonna launch, he's gonna answer that question by launching into the first three soils and explain what happens when you don't hear Jesus, when you don't really understand his kingdom. Now, before we go into each soil, let me just make sure we're clear on the imagery here. Verse 11 says that the seed is the word of God. Okay? John chapter one tells us that the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, that Jesus Christ is the word. So what we have here is that God is the sower. God's the gardener who is sowing Jesus, the word, into soil, which is your heart. Okay, so that's what's happening here. Now with that, let's go to the first soil. What's the first danger? Be careful of listening to Jesus with a hard heart. The first Soil is the hard-packed soil where the seed falls on it and it doesn't penetrate it and the birds come and take it away. And what Jesus is describing here is a hard heart, a heart that is, that is not penetrable, a heart where the, the seed does not, it doesn't get into it. So what he's describing here is hard-heartedness. In fact, 
He describes it in the last part of verse 10, which can be a troubling verse. Let me explain it briefly. He says, but for others, they are in parables so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Now you read that and go, that's troubling. Does Jesus hide his gospel so that people don't believe? That's not what's happening here. Jesus is quoting from Isaiah 6 when Isaiah is speaking of the hard-heartedness of God's people, the Israelites. And now here, Jesus is speaking of the hard-heartedness of the Pharisees. It's a descriptive, it's not a prescriptive, but he's describing hard-heartedness. If you remember, you have to go back quite a ways, 1980, Mount St. Helens erupted in Washington state. There's a man who describes uh, what happened that day. He was at Western Washington State University. And uh, when the eruption happened, they could hear it. He was about 200 miles away. He went outside and looked and there was volcanic ash and it was a very eerie feeling of the sun reflecting off of it. 200 miles away, his wife was at their house, heard the blast, thought it was a bomb went off. They said up to 600 miles away, people heard the blast of Mount St. Helens. It was that loud. And you say, man, what must it have been like just a couple miles away? Well, there were people that were rescued one to two miles away from the eruption. And it was the craziest testimony. They said they didn't hear anything. That the blast, and scientists say they were in what's called the zone of silence that the blast, went, it went straight up and, and the sound with it up into the atmosphere and then it bounced back in concentric circles outward up to 600 miles away. But there were people a mile or two away. They, 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 they said they didn't hear it and they looked outside and they thought it was just clouds and rain. Like that's why it was overcast. That close and the only way they would have known that the blast went off is if they were staring at the mountain at the time. Ears, but cannot hear. Eyes, but cannot see. Being that near to Jesus and not hearing it. Listen, there may be some of you here who have heard the gospel message a thousand times. There may be some of you that have been in church and in and around church for years. And yet Christianity is just something theoretical to you. It's, it's an intellectual concept. It's something that is debated over a cup of coffee in coffee houses. Uh, it, it, is, it is not something that has penetrated your heart in such a way that it changes the way you see yourself and the way you see your world. You're, you're in the zone of silence. <laughs> the, the announcement has gone off around the world. Jesus is alive. He's fixing this broken world. He's starting with your heart and yet you're in the zone of silence where it's just a concept to you. And Christianity is not just a concept or a theory. It's about a king, a real king and a real kingdom that has come to bring transformation to your heart. So Jesus says, be careful of listening to the word, my word with a hard heart. Second, he says, be careful of listening to my word with a shallow heart. Now this is the seed that falls on, it says rock. And what that means is that this seed fell on a very shallow layer of soil that was on top of rock. 
Over the summer, uh, the heat of the summer had been collected in the rock. In the winter, the, the rock starts to release the heat and with the moisture, the seed prematurely sprouts up. But when the spring and summer hits and the, and the dry weather of the summer and the heat, it, it withers and dies because there's no root. And Jesus says, this is people, these are the people who have heard the word and get really excited and respond. But when time of testing comes, they fall away. Now, this is the person who gets excited about Christ about the gospel, with great joy, seems to plunge themselves into a relationship with Jesus. And then at the first hint of hardship or, or difficulty or suffering, they walk away. Because what good is Christianity? You see, they, they understood the kingdom. They understood Jesus to be one who could, could make their life good, solve their problems, free from struggle, they wanted more of a, a sugar daddy than a king or Jesus as a, as a service provider that could get their needs met. And so when hard times come, when suffering comes, they walk away because it did them no good. They were a sufferer in need of a solution, not a sinner in need of a savior. And there's a big difference there. This is why the, the health and wealth gospel is so dangerous, and I'll, I'll explain it. It means this, if you trust Jesus, he will bless you with uh, material wealth, with physical health, with comfort. It's not the Jesus of the scriptures. That's, that, that is not a correct hearing of the word of God. That's a, that is a genie in a bottle, man-made version of Jesus. It's not who he declares himself to be. And so Jesus says, be careful how you hear. Be careful of listening with a shallow heart. And then third, the third danger. He says, be careful of listening to my word with a divided heart, with a divided heart. This is the third soil. It says it actually goes into the soil. It gets good roots. It sprouts up, but it grows up with weeds that choke it out. And Jesus says, this is the person that, that commits to Christ, has a relationship, and yet the cares and the riches of, of life choke and squeeze out this person's relationship with Christ. It's, this is the person who is, and this, this may, be, may be reflective of more of a majority of us, potentially. The person who's committed to Christ, but who has something else or someone else trying to take control of their heart. This is the person who is, is committed to Christ, but who knows that they're using their sexuality in a wrong way. This is the person who's committed to Christ, but who knows they're hoarding their money and their resources in a way that's selfish. This is the person committed to Christ who knows that they're spending their time on pleasures and entertainment that's leaving themselves empty. This is the person that is choked, trapped, generally unhappy, generally dissatisfied, the Christian life is somewhat of a drag. Why? Because there's a divided heart. Charles Spurgeon gives a great illustration of this. Listen, he says, if you're a real Christian on the boat of salvation, headed to heaven, you can't fall off. 
but you can fall on the boat and break all your bones and spend the entire trip in the infirmary. Why? Because you have a divided heart. You're being choked. Christ is being choked out of your life by the cares and the riches of life. Psalm 86, 11, Lord, unite my heart to fear your name. Unite my heart to fear your name. So if those are the dangers of what can happen, if you're not really listening to Jesus and hearing, the question is, well, then how do, I, how do I get to the fourth soil? How do I get to a place where I am soft-hearted and all this described that we're going to see in the fourth soil? Ken Sandy, in his book, Resolving Conflict, gives a picture of what it looks like. He describes one morning he was running and across the street, he saw a blind woman with a seeing eye dog. And several paces ahead, he saw a driveway that was blocked by a car. And so he's running, he's watching, and he watched the, the seeing eye dog pause and nudge its shoulder into the woman as if to say, there's something ahead, we need to turn. And, and, and Ken makes the point that probably most of the time she followed this dog's lead. But this morning uh, that she was on the, the trip was convinced that this is where, wasn't where they normally made the turn. And so he, he said that she, she ordered the dog forward and they started to move again and the dog again nudged her. And he said at this point, it was, it was hard to watch. She, you could see her anger build. She could see, he could see her temper flare. And so once again, she ordered the dog forward and the dog once again nudged gently with the shoulder. She turns, kicks the dog, impulsively steps forward and bumps into this car, puts her hands out, realizes what happens, and he said it was, it was amazing to watch. She dropped to her knees, started sobbing, and wrapped her, her arms around the dog. Listen, the Holy Spirit nudges. The Holy Spirit presses you gently to move you into a safe place. And the question is, do you, are you listening? Or are you, so to speak, kicking him? Are you listening? Are you choking him out? Are you choking Jesus out? You see, the answer, if, you're, if you find yourself with a hard heart or a shallow heart or a divided heart, the answer is repentance. And that story is a beautiful picture of repentance. And hopefully it doesn't take you bumping into a car to realize it, but to say now with the Spirit speaking to you, I repent of my hard-heartedness, my shallow heart, my divided heart, and I turn to you. And when you do that, when you repent, at that moment, you have what is described as the fourth soil because a repentant heart is a soft heart that says, Jesus, I want you to speak your word into my heart and I am open arms to hear it. And that brings us to the fourth soil. This is the, the seed that fell on good soil. It says it yielded a hundredfold. A hundredfold says it's good soil. It's people who, verse 15, listen, hearing the word, hold fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. This is the soft heart that receives Jesus' word. Now you say, how do you hear Jesus? He has given us his word. 
This is how Jesus speaks, through his word that is from him. And so the question is, are you, are you reading this? Are you meditating on this? Are you, are you listening to Jesus when he, when he, by his spirit, nudges you and presses you to move you? Eleanor Turnbull, she was a missionary to Haiti, and she collected uh, these prayers from some Haitian Christians who lived up in the mountains where she did her work. Let me read you a few of these prayers. And this is a picture of what it means to hear Jesus' word and to hold fast to it. Listen to these. Our great physician, your word is like alcohol. When poured on an infected wound, it burns and stings, but only then can it kill germs. If it doesn't burn, it doesn't do any good. Father, we are all hungry baby birds this morning. Our heart mouths are gaping wide, waiting for you to fill us. Father, a cold wind seems to have chilled us. Wrap us in the blanket of your word and warm us up. Lord, we find your word like cabbage. As we pull down the leaves, we get closer to the heart And as we get closer to the heart, it is sweeter. When you have a soft heart that has that attitude to Jesus' word, Jesus says, you will bear fruit with patience. You say, well, what is that fruit? Galatians 5 tells us what the fruit of the Spirit is. Love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. What's interesting about the fruit of the Spirit is that's all internal. It's describing the condition of the heart when it's soft. It's not describing external circumstantial change. No, it does, the fruit of the Spirit is not a good job or a nice house or good health or, or non-rebellious children. or There is nothing circumstantial about the fruit of the Spirit. Now, the fruit of the Spirit can lead to outward stuff, but it's all inward fruit. And the reason why Jesus says bear fruit with patience is that he understands that while he's calling for internal heart change, he knows his followers like you and me are addicted to circumstantial change, that we just want something to go away. And Jesus says, no, I'm about bearing fruit in your heart in the midst of the the chaos, in the midst of the brokenness. And so when you listen to Jesus' word, he renews your heart and he gives you a soft heart that begins to develop all of these characteristics, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness that you have in the midst of the chaos. I'll close with this. An Illinois newspaper article described the life of this man. His name was Steve Henning. At the age of two, he contracted spiral meningitis. This was in 1943, which was right in the middle of World War II. 
And because of that, there was a shortage of penicillin. And so he couldn't get the treatment that he needed. And because of that, sadly, he lost his hearing. He went 57 years not being able to hear laughter, not being able to hear the voice of his loved ones. And then in 2001, he, he, he was alerted or heard of this procedure by which they could put something on you that would take the, the, the sound waves and, and go past the part of the ear that didn't work straight to the auditory nerve. So he had this surgery done. It's called a cochlear implant. And, and he had it done and it took six weeks after the surgery, they had to let the swelling die down or come down before they could actually program it to see if it took. So he had six weeks and then the day of reckoning came. And he's in this office and the person programs this cochlear implant, leans over to his wife, Pat, and says, okay, say something. And she, she leans over to her husband and says, I love you. And for the first time in six decades, he heard those three words from his wife. And he broke out into this huge smile. And I would imagine tears after that because he could hear. God longs to open your ears by his spirit so that you can hear those words from him. I love you. Now, if you're listening with a hard heart, you're unaffected by those words. If you're listening with a shallow heart, you hear them when things are good because ultimately his love is connected to your comfort. When you hear those words with a divided heart, you compare them to the same words that come from other lovers in your life. But when you hear those words with a soft heart, you hear Jesus when he says, there is no greater love than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And you realize that God loves you because he sent his son to die for you. We hear Jesus in his word. We hear Jesus in his sacraments. Baptism, Lord's Supper. This meal that you're about to partake in this morning is what the early Christians called the love feast. And Jesus says to you this morning, are you listening? Are you listening? Let's pray. Father, we are all guilty of hard-heartedness or shallow-heartedness or having a divided heart, of you being choked out. And yet you continue to speak. And Jesus, you, you tell us to have ears to hear. And you're so gracious that you would even give, give us a meal like this that's physical that we can touch and feel and taste to know that your love is real, that you do love us, and that you want us to hear those words and hear your words with a repentant heart. Father, would you meet us during this love feast? And would you, by your spirit, cause us to repent 
in those areas that we need to repent. And with a repentant soft heart, receive grace and to receive your love. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.